Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, <clears throat> to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com and Divisio.com. That's D-U-V-I-S-I-O, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys now that I got the tech difficulties out of the way. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. Hello. How is Florida today? A little overcast, and at least it's not 90 degrees again today. Man, it's been hot here. Oh, Oh, it's been hot there. That's just music to a northerner's ears. Actually, it's been nice here, too. So blah. So I It's been heard. a little overcast, but at least we can go out and not freeze to death in Indiana. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I don't know what was with the platform today, but for whatever reason, it would not recognize pushing any host code numbers to call in. Weird. So I had to go get a landline maybe, to call in. Maybe from. it over. <laughs> maybe. Well. Well, we have further, a fantastic show lined up for everybody. I will let you do the honors. Absolutely. We have Peggy Lee Hansen today on Leverage Masters. She is a sought-after speaker, two-time best-selling author on Amazon, and nearly with nearly 30 books that have her name listed as author, editor, or publisher. As a successful coach, mentor, and strategist, the CEO and founder of Courageous Women's Publications, or Courageous Women Publications, a subsidiary of Personal Transition Guidance, LLC, encourages women and a few men, thank you, to share wisdom and expertise (laughs) through their own story, using their voice via the written word and sometimes with their very own book. Peggy Lee says, when you open up to the world, the world opens up to you. Peggy, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you loud and clear. (laughs) Perfect. So we'll start you out with our burning question. All right. (laughs) Check one, two. Check's in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) So so what's getting you out of bed these days? What was was burning in your belly this morning to jump out of bed about your business or life or whatever you would like to say? Oh, well, this morning what got me jumping out of bed this morning was being able to – be on this wonderful radio program that both you and Gina host each week. I think that is fantastic. So that that got my blood going right away this morning. So thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with you and to talk about leveraging your business, yourself, you know, whatever whatever the topic may happen. So thank you. Well, Thank you for being here. What what kinds of things do you work on? How do you characterize, I mean, 30 books that you've been involved with or authored directly or edited? And I mean, kind of sum up for us who Peggy Lee is and uh, what we can learn from you. Okay. 
Um, I will try and do that. I have almost 60 years to go through to summarize who I am, but we'll talk about the last few. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Well, um, to summarize up, how I got to 30 books is um, it was a path that was created for me uh, back in 2009. So about, let's see, if I do the math, it's Eight years ago, I found out that I was leaving the corporate world, and I had an inkling before I received my pink slip that I might be one of the lucky few to go, and I say lucky because that's exactly what I was, and because I no longer had to worry about a pendulum going across my chest, getting closer and closer to rip me open as corporate was suffering back then from, you know, the economic downturn and I did not have a college degree and I needed to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And by being freed and released from the corporate world, I had the whole entire world to explore and and to figure out what I wanted to do. I've always considered myself a a writer, and when I left the corporate world, I had worked in technical publications, and I was an instructional designer, wrote courses for the different departments and the jobs that were done. And so writing has always been mostly part of my life. And that's what I wanted to do after I, I left corporate. I didn't know exactly how that was going to work. Um, but then a few months after leaving in the summer of 2009, I be- came across a woman who just started up a, a program called Writing a Book in a Weekend. And her name is Donna Kozik. And she is my mentor and friend to this day. And I hooked up with her program. Now, you might think writing a book in a weekend cannot be done because there's just so much to it. And But let me tell you that it can be done. I did it. I did it three times over using her program. The books don't have to be War and Peace, which my three are not, but it was the, the three books that I wanted to get out basically were stuck in my head and I needed to get them out. Um, Words just, we think all the time, right? Um, Words keep popping into our heads, thoughts keep popping into our heads. And if you know of any writers and if there's any writers that, that are actually listening to this call, you know that until you get stuff written down on paper or in that computer file, you are going to be driven batty because those words and thoughts just keep coming over and over again. So I wrote my three books, so that's how I started. But then also in Donna's program, what she did is that she offered a gratitude book series for the next year after that, well, for several years after that. And she had one, like, for the best of pets, you know, showing gratitude to your pet, showing gratitude to your mother, to the vets who have served our country, um, several of them. And I think there's like a total of 
seven, I think, that I'm a part of. So that um, contributed to a lot of the books in the first couple of years. So by, you know, 2013, 2014, I had a lot. I think I had 17 books that I contributed to over the, the next several years. And with my books that I wrote, I self-published them. And as I told people about my books that were self-published, and you can find me on Amazon for those books at Peggy Lee Hanson. Just put in my name and, you know, you'll, you'll find me. I'll pop up. And um, it was just a, an amazing experience. And, and people said, well, how did you become you know, self-published. How did you learn how to do that? Well, part of it was through Donna's program that I took in the summer of 2009, but then the rest of it was just getting out there and doing it. So, you know, you you talked about the the word leverage. I leveraged my knowledge and just kept using that knowledge over and over again to learn more and more about getting my vision, my words of wisdom out there and into the world. So then it caught on that not just one person was asking me how to do it. I was asked by several people, and they told people, and they told people. And um, so that's how I am nearly with 30 books to my name. And um, Wow. A couple of, yeah. Celebrating. that's, That's kind of... 365 days of gratitude. I see those. Yep. I see uh, moms and motherhood and yep. my favorite Christmas memory. I mean, you're kind of, you're prolific. I'd, I'd say that you're, my favorite word for you right now is prolific. Is that fair? <laughs> oh, oh, that just warms my heart and puts a tingle throughout my body. So thank you so much for Jack. That is terrific. I love that. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah. I mean, okay, so Amazon, We so if everybody goes to Amazon, just look for Peggy Lee Hanson and click on her name for, on the first book that comes up and you'll see her, her whole line. That's where we can find you on Amazon. Is that your primary focus? Um, is there a website we should know about? And, uh, and how does all of this – can you give us a little insight into – so we've got business owners here, lots of which mm-hmm. want to create their own books or have and – didn't really, you know, get them off the ground the way they would like to. And so there's a really big interest here among our listeners uh, to what makes somebody like you tick and, more importantly, what makes somebody able to um, succeed with just one book on Amazon, right? Just like have a good launch or have a good, you know, what what kind of leverage tactics uh, do you use, other platforms, your other websites or anything like that? Give us an idea of of what your – the, the, the structure of your business looks like? Where are all the places we could go to find out about you? And how do you use them to get people's eyeballs on your books? That's a terrific question. And um, I am Peggy Lee Hanson all over the place. Um, whether I am, so my main website that has my editing, writing, and publishing info is PeggyLeeHanson.com. Um, so, and also, I am Peggy Lee Hansen on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, uh, 
uh, Pinterest. I don't use Pinterest and Instagram all that much, although Instagram might be coming more and more popular with me as the year progresses. We'll see how that goes. Um, so um, I'm like all over the place. I do touch things every now and then. Um, I, you can send me a, a, an email at Peggy Lee at PeggyLeeHanson.com just uh, with the subject line I heard you on the radio for any information that you want to find out about getting published. You know, I've learned from everybody else because I, you know, when I started out eight years ago, I had no idea how to to get published. I just knew that I wanted to write and I wanted to get my words of wisdom out of my head because they were bashing against the sides and they needed to come out. And I still have that today. You know, sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night and those ideas just won't let you alone. And until, you know, I, at least for me, I have to get up and write them down and then say, okay, they're out, they're on a piece of paper, so please let me alone so I can get back to sleep. I have a big day tomorrow, you know, or something, you know. <laughs> kind of, you know, talk it over and and let it go. So... Um, for anybody that's in the business that wants to write a book, it's not as scary as you might think, and it's not as big of an undertaking as you might take take it to be, but you have to be aligned with the, the right person, and that you have to find on your own. I may be right for someone, but I may not be the right person for another. Um, generally, it takes... Uh, a book anywhere from six months to nine months to possibly a year to actually get it written and published. I had a woman come to me uh, a couple of years ago who had already like a, a small book written of about twenty to twenty two thousand words so the the writing was already completed, and we had her. Uh, published, let's see, she came to me in the middle of December and we had her published by the end of March. So that was that was pretty quick. Um, the book that I'm writing yeah. now that I just got finished with a, a gentleman, um, it's been taking a little bit longer and that was a project that was started well over a year ago. And um, I actually help. I'm a ghostwriter too, a certified business ghostwriter, and I did that three years ago. And just because I could get a better sense of how to help businesses uh, and, and individuals who are, are entrepreneurs, um, how to help them to ask them the, the questions to. Um, assist them to get their words of wisdom out and, and their ideas out. So um, that's a little bit of, of, I hope that kind of answers your question. What else can I answer to that? Um, yeah. Well, so, uh, I mean, what do you call yourself? In the, what, what kind of things do you do for people? You, you mentioned a couple of things, um, ghostwriting, complete ghostwriting, but then, uh, other books you're doing with people. Are you primarily an editor? Are you an editor and a coach? Are you not an editor at all? You're more of a here's how you get it done and, and help people work through the process of getting published. How would you characterize yourself? 
I characterize myself, I'm the one-stop shop in all of your writing and publishing needs as far as books. I can be the book coach. I can help you get your get through the writing process. I know how to get you started easily and quickly. I can um, edit the books. I can help you write the books, you know, actually into interviews uh, with someone who actually does not want to write their book, but they have all this knowledge stuck in their head. And uh, so I can help interview them to get that knowledge out and then have the, that all transcribed and then turned into a book, uh, which I did to, with this last gentleman that I have been working on with his book. And um, uh, I know how to write in their voice then because I use their words. I don't use any of my words. I just rearrange the words that, that we've talked about and can get uh, their processes, their strategies, their their visions down into the written word. Um, and I also uh, publish on Amazon. I know how to do the technical pieces of creating books online through which Kindle and through, which isn't easy. With and that takes uh, quite a bit of a process too. Um, and the yeah. the entire book layout for the print. You know, I and I can do that as well. So I am the one that's okay. shopping. Good. That's awesome to be because so many things come up. And if people don't really know what they want or need, it's better to find out that you can help them with any any part of this than to go, oh, well, you're going to need these three other people before you can come back to me and I just do the finishing work. Because <laughs> that would be really and, depressing to someone who's already – you know, moved mountains to get to where they are already, right? Because most people have ideas for books, and most people die with their book inside them still. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know why I laugh yeah. there. That's kind of sad, but and I'm in yeah. danger of it too uh, if I don't get off my butt. But so, so I was going to hire you for the for the hour and make you my book coach and tell you what my situation is because I think my situation might match up to lots of our listeners. And maybe you can give us some pointers on how I can get off my butt from where I am right now. Would that would that be fun? That would be really fun. Yes. Oh, good. I'm glad you um. agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I can usually get people started within the first 30 minutes. And I can listen to them. I'm a a great listener to see. But I also believe in taking action. And the the people that I work with must be willing to be the collaborator. I don't want to do this. I'm not in this for myself. We are in this together. I don't have, what I really like to say is that I don't have clients. I have collaborators. Because writing a book is not a one-side business. And I yes. want somebody to work with me that has that wants to put skin in the game, and they see the value of that skin that they are shedding, and uh, but also they can see they have that vision to see what the results can be. Well, so we could start on any part of the timeline of having an idea all the way to publishing and the technical things about getting on Amazon, getting on Kindle, CreateSpace, stuff like that. 
Mine mm-hmm. is, and I'm just picking randomly, my biggest problem is I have two serious book ideas. I've got millions of book ideas, but I've got two that I'd love to move on this year. And uh, both of them are the first ones. I've done tons of courses, tons of ebooks, all that kind of stuff for forever. And uh, But these I picture being in print. These I picture being my, you know, things people can go to bookstores and uh, libraries mm-hmm. and things and pick up and take with them on planes and things like that. So uh, it's a little bit more intimidating than anything that I've done before because it's a book. And I just have all these really weird psychological blocks like I need to – oh, and here's the other thing. There's everything that I do for clients during the day and then having the energy to come down to my office and work on the book because that seems like that's just a free time or a hobby thing or whatever, and I could just stay upstairs and, and watch Netflix with my wife. And lately that's been more of what I've been doing than writing. So how do you get people – they know they want to do it. I know I want that out there. I know it's going to be successful. I know I've got people who are dying to read that kind of stuff that I have in mind for both of these books, which are, which are from both different, different markets and different people. Um, and it's just – it's weird. I'll sit down and I'll start to write chapters. And so for the latest one, I've written out six or seven uh, chapter titles, you know, uh, of the way that I want this thing to go, the way I had been picturing in my mind it should go, you know, the progression uh, throughout the book. And, um, mm-hmm. and then, I, you know, I go away, and then I come back, and I'm like, ah, I really need to do this, but right now I just got done with a webinar, or I just got done with something else, and I kind of just want to go work out or something else. And I used to be able to sit down and just bang things out. And that was before I had a kid. And more of life is happening now than was then. And I could just sit up all night, and I wouldn't have to get up at any different given time in the morning. And so how do you talk to people about that situation? Because I know that it's not unique. I know that it's pretty average, (laughs) that my complaints are not anything new under the sun. But I still want to get it done, and I still want to be productive and efficient about it. Do you have tips for how people in my situation get through this? I do have a couple of, of tips. And I think one of you know, the first thing you have to do, and I had a mentor tell me this a long time ago, and I hated it. I hated what he said, but it keeps coming back to me over, over, and over again. Just decide. You have to make a decision mm-hmm. that this is really something that you want. And how bad is it that you want it? Can you, is it bad enough so that you can taste it? If it is, then create it, make it a priority in your life. Actually put it on your schedule. If you schedule, uh, you know, if you have a, a regular nine-to-five schedule that you work off of, you know, Put an hour or so in there every day or every three days, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Put it on your schedule. Get it on there. Get it, write it down. Put the the stake in the ground per se, you know, and and, and just mm. decide that this is something that you're going to do. It all becomes a mind shift. And you know what's important. You start to to change your priorities a little bit. You're not getting anything. We don't want you to give anything up. We don't want you to give, you know, you need time with your family. You need that time with Netflix. Um, 
I'll, I'm the first one that does that. I do too. I have, but I have to honor where I'm at. That's a, that's the second point. Honor where you're at. Because uh, before you, you before you go on to that second point, I can I can give you a little bit. Your it's like we're playing Battleship with my life, and you just sunk one of my battleships. Uh, you got all four hits on my <laughs> aircraft carrier, which is I did not. I want to do this, right? I, t- I expressed to you how much I wanted to do it, how important I think these books are, um, how my expectations for them once they're done are very, very high. Um, you know, because for one thing, I've been like, thinking about this for years, so I've, I've already done a lot of market research. I know how books in this area do, typically, and <laughs> so all I really got to do is get it done. But I didn't. I put all of my client work, I put all of my other marketing work on the calendar, and guess what? I have not put on my calendar any aside time, any mm-hmm. hours here or hours there. I have not done that. For the books, so no, no wonder. I know somebody's laughing listening to this right now. It's like, duh, dude, that's like 101. But I, you know, I didn't do it. I treated it like an extracurricular. I agree. And you know what? I have a secret to share. I didn't create a calendar until three months ago. And I found well, out okay, that Okay, so there's hope that, for me. <laughs> so, there, so there is definitely hope for you. Um, I would take things and put things, you know, whatever I needed to get done that was in front of me, that's what I would do. But I was finally convinced, and I don't know what, it was a, again, it was a mind shift, that I actually need to get, you know, a a 15-minute increment of a a day, of an 8-hour or 10-hour workday, however you choose, and actually start blocking in what I needed to get done. And, you know, I've heard this for years, and you probably have too, you know, that you've got to create a schedule. You have to put things down in your schedule. If they're not on your schedule, they're not going to work. And it's just like, yeah, 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 I don't want to do that. And I didn't do that, like I said, up until a couple of months ago. And I can't tell you what big of a shift that I've had just within the last month. So, I mean, I'm learning every day. I, you know, I'm experienced at this stuff, right? <laughs> and you yeah. know, I'm just getting, you know, and I'm still open to hearing things, but I have to be ready to hear that, to be able to do that. So you have to be ready to be able to sit down and write your book, and you have to be ready to put that into your schedule. And now you know. So, so awareness is now do you, there. Do you talk to people about anything beyond that? I mean, like a, a schedule that they can figure out, okay, with the workload that you have, the number of hours in the day or minutes in the day that you have to dedicate to this project, this book, um, we, can, we can go out into the future, put this on your calendar, and set deadlines and goals for certain benchmarks that you should reach by March, by July, by fall, you know, do you, do you go that far out with people and try to plan out what is the goal for the book being done, then editing, then publishing, or do you just try to get them to the space you got me just now and leave it for, at that? You, you know, it, uh, it all depends on the individual. I don't have one set um, program for anything. 
I, you know, I have the ideas are there, but anybody that I work individually with, it's all geared around the, the individual person. So it's going to start out with um, how soon do you want your book published? Is there a certain time frame that you have? And then, and then we work backwards from that point. Um, and yeah. And then talking with the person. Um, just in the, the the weekly context that we have, or you know, however often that you know we do talk with each other, it just kind of the the coaching piece, the mindset piece, um, just kind of comes naturally, and it's basically two friends, and every everybody that I've worked on the book with has come like super friends with because it's just it's that close of a relationship, and. Um, so it just kind of helps to walk people through and to meet them. Wherever you are at, Jeff, in your, in your book writing process, that's where I will meet you. Does that yeah. make sense? Okay, well, I digressed you hardcore just on the first point, and you were about to go into the second point. So if you can remember it, please proceed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the second point is... Honor your honor yourself and where you are at currently, because there are some days where you just don't feel like writing. You don't feel like turning on your computer. You just you 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 want to sit in front of the TV and just veg out for a day. Yeah. In most cases, I would say honor that feeling and do what you need to do because if you begin to force yourself to do something for the day, you, you know what you know as an entrepreneur, as a business person, what you need to get done. Nobody has to tell you what you need to get done, but there's some days where honoring where you're at and just feeling you just feel yucky, you feel crappy, you just don't want to you don't want to talk to anybody, you don't want to go on Facebook. Honor that feeling. Because once you are able to get past that particular piece, and I don't want to say it's it's the egotistical portion, you know, part of us but there's something that's blocking you. Um, but you just need to um, be aware of what's happening. And give yourself the day. I have given myself many days. It's just like, okay, I know what I need to get on, and I know what I should be doing, but I'm not going to beat myself up to it, you know, beat myself up over it, because I'm a big girl. I know what I'm supposed to do. And... Tomorrow will be a better day. It's just like when you're having, you know, everything goes wrong in the afternoon and, you know, your computer crashes, you can't get online, you know, just like like Gina had, you know, problems with, you know, getting on. It's just like, okay, you just take a breath and you just say, I'm going to begin again. And tomorrow's another day and things will look better and brighter. And more often than not, it will. So that the next morning, then you can start out with just like the, the question that you asked me at the top of the hour is what gets, what gets you up, what gets your blood going and, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, that makes you excited. Because then 
because you honored yourself the day before, you then will have the energy and the excitement to greet what you need to do the following day. Well, for anybody who's pushed that and made yourself feel guilty for feeling like you needed a day or you needed half a day or just a couple of hours and you pushed through it, uh, you ten times it, you grinded through it and all that stupid stuff that people say, uh, you, you realize that at the end of that two hours or a day, you feel the same you did the day before. And it's like, yeah. wait, when's this going to end? I don't want to ten times it and grind and all that junk forever. I thought, you know, there was an end to this. And, I, and I'm sure everybody has had experience of, you know, maybe sickness was what got you to take the day off because you would never allow yourself in a healthy state to do it. You guilt yourself into doing it um, and doing it and doing it and doing it. But whatever made you stop, I mean, that does give you the energy you need to be 10 times more productive the next day when you start back. At least in my experience, that's been true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Because you have, you know, if you give yourself the time that you need to recoup, you know, the downtime, um, it just makes your body re-energize itself and to recalibrate so that you have that energy to continue on. And you don't want to do anything either, you know, perhaps, um, okay, tomorrow I'm going to write for eight hours. I'm going to work on my book for eight hours. I'm going to research, you know, for four hours of, of, you know, what my perfect client is or who's going to read this book and, you know, things like that. You want to spend a little less time so that you avoid burnout. So maybe an hour, yeah. you know, maybe even 20 minutes just to, just so that you can, you know, even on those days when you do feel like not doing anything, just do 15 minutes of work. Boom. Done. That's it. Then that way that also helps alleviate any guilt that you might have going into the rest of the day. What do you feel about inspired action, though? What if it turns out, oh, my God, it's been eight hours, and you've been having such a great time. You you were in another world, another time. There was no time. It didn't exist. I mean, you recommend if somebody gets on a tear like, I mean, don't we all chase that? Like to to have the level of productivity we've had before when we were so inspired and passionate that – we just didn't even notice time anymore. I mean, that's okay, right? That is definitely okay. I've had that time and time again. And then I'm just like really drained at the end of the day, but then it's just like, wow, look how much I got done. There is everything right in yeah. that. There is absolutely nothing wrong about that whatsoever. You know, so if you have that inspired action, great. And if you have, you know, get that, same energized feeling within those 15 minutes that you start something or you really didn't want to, then keep going. You know, just keep adding it. But don't say, you know, just, again, it just comes back to honor what you're feeling at the particular moment. Check in with yourself. What are some of the things that we do when we're writing books that are typical that are not super efficient, they're kind of like time wasters, and that we can trick ourselves into thinking we're writing our book right now when we're really not doing the most optimum 
uh, stuff? What are some of the things that you see people doing, common mistakes? Because if we can speed up the process of writing a book or we can see an, an assured outcome that's closer to us than, <laughs> than we imagine, how long it's going to take us to do this, how long it's going to take us to write this book, I think it'd be a more motiva- motivating factor. It's like, crap, I was going to do it that way, but she says I, don't, I, don't, you know, I should focus on these things and I'd get it done quicker. What are some of the things you see people doing that mm-hmm. you wouldn't recommend or you would recommend they do something else in order to get the product done, quality still, but in a more efficient fashion? Yeah, I think, I think the, the biggest showstopper is that you know, we get the ideas in our head and we start writing and then we're stopped because, oh, is that how we spell that word? Oh, is that the quote, you know, that Wayne Dyer had said or yeah. Maya Angelou yeah. or Shakespeare? And then we go off looking for the exact quote. And then we get on the I Internet. And then we start <laughs> looking on Facebook. <laughs> it's, it's so common. It's, it's, it's got to be the number one common um, uh, you know, thing that stops us, you know, from from writing the book. So if you can have turn everything off, I mean, completely shut down the internet. Just have if you type if you're typing your book on the computer, just shut everything else down and type on you know just the word document that's open and. Um, really work and practice. It's, you know, this is all practice. It's not going to, you're not going to get cured overnight. It's, it's the, um, it's, it's a skill. It's, you know, flexing that muscle where, nope, I'm going to keep the thought because as soon as I go click on the internet, it, I'm going to lose that thought. The train of that really meaty piece that my reader needs to know. So, basically is write what you need to and for as long as you need to. Um, some people call it, you know, just write the all, just do the brain dump and get everything out and then go back and do the research. Um, one little piece of um, information that I got from Donna Koza is that when you are writing and you come across the word, that may not be the right word or there might be a better word, then just if you're handwriting, just do a WC and a circle around it. Or when you're typing, you know, on the computer, then just do a capital W, capital C. And that just means word choice. So make some sort of notations, you know, really quickly like bolded font, you know, as if you're writing on a Word document or a circle, some kind of notation as you're writing that this is something that you want to go back, you know, as a reminder that you want to touch on to research. So anything like that. So I've done that several times, which has been great information, so that I can keep going so that I don't need to stop and do that research. Well, I would... I would add that this from personal experience that uh, I've lost really, really, really good trains of thought that I was, when I sat down to write, extraordinarily excited to do. 
And then I'd go looking for my Wayne Dyer quote because that's exactly who I was looking up yesterday. Uh, and thinking that I was thinking that I was doing writing. I was authoring. I was doing writing stuff. And, you know, it didn't even occur to me that I was destroying my train of thought, that I was destroying my um, my motivation behind why I sat down so excitedly to write this section that could become a chapter, a piece of a chapter, but I had this idea and I had to get it out. I was so excited that I had the time to come and sit down, that I was in the right time and place to be able to do that, and that I wasn't going to have to just scribble something in a in a notebook and try to pick up that thread later. Uh, and the funny thing is, I destroyed the whole thing because once I found the quote, I was not really excited about it because it was a um, paraphrased quote. I didn't like the actual real quote. It, it just dawned on me that it wasn't even the right thing. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. Went back to write, and I'm just staring at the page. Where did all my motivation go? Where did my great – what was I thinking that this was going to be so great for? <laughs> I couldn't yeah. even get back in there. And I have several little entries in my Evernote that just abruptly end. And almost all of them end – I can remember what I did, and it was I went to the Internet to do research because I thought I needed to put something precise in there right now. And since then, I've tried to do things like put Wayne Dyer here or just make a note and keep going. I've learned the power of flow and, uh, and how it can be. I, lo I know more about disrupting it than I know how to keep it going, but I'm working on it. But that is a huge mm -hmm. deal for sure for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're not alone in that, that's for sure. Because I, I still do it. I still do it today. And, it, again, it's just, you know, flexing that muscle and learning that skill to change our brains and our thinking that, you know, we have to go out right now and do that research because we want to get it right. You don't have to get it right. You can get it right later. Just write it now. So. Yeah. I learned that lesson. Well, no, I didn't. I haven't learned that lesson. I'm learning that lesson really hard right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all lifelong learners, you know, and we need, we need several times and several chances to learn what we need to know. And then more. <laughs> I have a big question for you. Sure. I have a bigger, just an out, you know, 30,000-foot thing. Do you ever have to deal with yourself or people who you work with um, doubt about your topic, it, especially when people feel like they're in a very crowded field, knowing that they're saying stuff that Plato said? You know, I mean, we're talking like <laughs> there really isn't much new under the sun when you think about it, but you'd think we all had brand new great ideas by the number of new books that go up on Amazon every single day. Like, wow, human beings can really create a lot of stuff, except that we're nuancing what human beings know, and there's very few times where there's an actual breakthrough and somebody says something that's never been said before in any way, shape, or form. And those, of course, those books become major overnight successes and all that kind of stuff. And the other ones, I mean, what do you do when somebody's mind is working that way? It, it, kind of talking themselves out of a book or talking themselves out of something, thinking, why would anybody want to read this? I know that what I'm saying is just a different play. I use different metaphors. I'm just playing with words and or arranging them in a different order to say the same thing that many human beings have already said and published. How do you mm -hmm. deal with that? 
I like to tell anyone who's listening that has that feeling is that there are over 7 billion people on this earth. Not any one person can reach them all. Someone, your words of wisdom, your voice, how you phrase things, your steps to learning, your words of encouragement only can be shared as you can share them. And someone out there is waiting to hear what you have to say. So share them and share them now and as quickly as possible. Does that help? How many times have we read? Yes, very much. And and that's really what I was getting at. It's the unis that can't be replicated, can't be duplicated, can't be – it's you and how you talk and how you get people. How many times have you read, or maybe people have said this on your own books, you've had 30 chances in Amazon to get a review that said something like this, which is along the lines of, I've heard people say this before, but you're the first one – that really made it real for me. You're the first one that I've read that said it in a way I like. I needed it to be said or um, did it in a certain way or whatever. I mean, surely you've had that kind of response, but that's what I was getting at because when you yeah. get to, to that point, that's what I've always told people about publishing online where a lot of ideas are duplicated, replicated, and, and you know, but you have your own. The thing that people can't take from you is how you tell people this story, you know, and and I think that's a really big point. Yes, because no one else knows what's actually going on inside of your head, and only it's your story. People may have similar stories, you know, the same things that had happened, but nobody had your exact experience. And that's what people need to hear is your experience. Now, when I when I wrote thrown into transition, now what do I do? I had to come up with um, a, a strategy, my own system, because I realized that was something that, um, that was needed from, to make me, me, who I was, and what I could share with the world was my five-step system into how to trust any kind of life changes that were happening. And for me, it was at that particular time, uh, being ousted into the real world from the corporate world. I could say birth, I suppose, because that's about, you know, what it was. And um, so I started thinking about it, and I just quickly wrote down five things, and it's you know, the five steps of, of how to get through anything, which I learned as I looked back from anything, was that I had to stop being the victim, I, had a, I took stock in the, everything that I had, all my talents, all my skills. I, I began to see the possibilities. I kept, and, uh, kept things on the positive side and accentuated them. And then the, you know, my end all step, the all steps, anything that you do is to take action no matter what. So that's my five steps. You know, and it was just something that I created. Have I said them? Has every, anybody said them before? You bet they have. Have they put them in the same order? I don't know. Maybe. But it's my order, and it's what resonates with people. And uh, it's just, you know, so you, you just never know. You just have to keep going, and you have to believe that somebody is out there. 
you have to believe in what you're doing. Because if you don't believe in what you're doing, nobody else is going to believe in what you're doing either. It'll come across really hard in your book <laughs> yeah. if, uh, yeah, if you're not believing what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, well, on on a technical side, I'm trying to cover as many things as I can uh, and pick your sure. brain with all the. But on, on so flipping over to the technical side, how does digital help? I mean, what are some of the weird little things that you have done that you you were aware of at the moment? This is really weird. When I was growing up, this would never happen. We we sold books. You could never get in touch with the author. Now people can just like shout out at me and all, all my social media and everything else, which I personally love. I love con- contacting authors of books that I love and t- being able to talk to them. And I get real giddy like I'm at a book signing or something, like, oh, my God, it's him, it's her, you know, but it's online. And, and everybody's so accessible. What, what kind of leverage does that give authors to sell books these days? There's in, in so many ways that we can sell books on Amazon and, and on Amazon Physical um, you can sell them on your site as a PDF. You can serialize them and make them all blog posts. And uh, or you can. I've, I've watched people write almost whole books on Reddit until they felt like they got enough feedback that it was a slam dunk. I need to publish this book. I wrote ten chapters and the feedback's been crazy good. And now I know I can finish this book and it's going to be a bestseller as soon as I launch it. Look at all my fans. Mm-hmm. Look at all these people who are. I mean, there's just so many cool things that can be done today. What in general or in specifics, however you'd like to go with it, how does that make you feel about a publisher these days? You know, I think just do it, you know, by reaching out. I, I think to be published and to have that accessibility and to bring people into you, your person, your business, however you want to do that, it, it's a phenomenal accessible point. It, it's just you know, I'm almost speechless because I can't think of the words. And, you know, think of the writer, you know, who can't think of words they even say. Um, but it is, you know, and you reminded me of the story of, um, I don't know if anybody's out there familiar with the book Poem Crazy. And it's written by Susan Woldridge. And um, when I was first thinking about writing books, and I consider myself like an essayist, and I've written poetry, um, but I've not really published anything until I wrote my first book. And um, But I, I just kind of wrote to her on the off chance because she had her uh, personal uh, email address on her website. And I'm thinking, really? So what happens if I just go ahead and reach out to her and say, you know, I'm kind of into poetry right now and I would like to publish a book and, you know, here's one of my poems. And I I came across your book in the bookstore when I was, uh, you know, in that phase of writing poetry and I devoured her book. You should see the book. It's all, you know, dog marks, you know, the pages are earmarked and, um, you know, scribbles inside of it and um, she answered me back within two hours. I was totally flabbergasted that we had that mm-hmm. um, that I had that kind of access and someone who would reach out back to us. And you know, who doesn't like to have someone say, I loved your work. You know, please tell me more. Who Who doesn't like to have that kind of recognition because that's just this is validation. 
for anybody who publishes their works these days, and especially online, and uh, or even you know just get out there and just tell people about yourself. I mean, it's just you know it's just, it's a crazy story, and um, you know she and I have connected, and you know we became friends. I've never met her. I want to take one of her writing workshops at some point, um, but it's it's just a, a friendship that occurred just because. I picked up her book, saw her, you know, where you could email her personally and strike up a conversation, and here we go. She gave me a testimonial for, let's see, was it the first book that I wrote then? I can't remember. But anyway, so she's, you know, her name is in one of my books as a thank you. Yeah. And uh, so it's just it's just a phenomenal experience. So um, be open. The, the world is open to you. That's why I said when you open up to the world, the world opens up back to you and in ways that you can't even imagine. So for all the writers out there, for all the business people who are wondering if they should write a book, if you can write a book, if you have the mustard, find somebody that you can work with, you know, work with me. Uh, contact me, and we'll see what we can do. But contact somebody and get started because there's nothing like it. And you can take that book and you can take it up on stage. You can start speaking about it, you know, creating your own little workshops about it, you know, anything. You can go anywhere in the world these days, literally. You know, either it's online or it's in person. People I know that are, you know, forging groups. You know, in, in Europe, um, anywhere overseas, Australia, anywhere, yeah. and they can go on on gigs. So you just never know. You never know where it's going to take you. So just do it. I love that too. I mean, that's just you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who's going to come in contact. It's always fascinating how someone will describe to you their journey to you, <laughs> to your work, mm-hmm. to your. Uh, course or or whatever uh and it's fascinating always it never gets old i'm going on uh 19 years of doing this and i from day one i've been fascinated uh with the journey people take to finding you and then also helping to make that journey easier for them you know with search optimization and links and you know all the ways Mm -hmm. that you can make it easier to be found for yourself but it's still fascinating. I even know how the trick works. And usually when you learn a magic trick, you're not interested in it anymore. This is the only magic trick I've ever performed that I love to this day and I'm as big a fan of as I am a practitioner of it. <laughs> so it's really cool. So you guys can find out more about Peggy Lee at PeggyLeeHanson.com. Definitely look her up and definitely check her out for possibly working with you on that book that I know is burning in your belly right now or is is stalled uh, and you need some help to get going. And hopefully the tips that she shared today will help you. Um, if you like what she had to share, you can tell that she has a lot more to share. Then go check her out at PeggyLeeHanson.com. Peggy, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Jack and Gina, for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Absolutely. Gina, back to you in the newsroom. Oh, well, did we lose Gina? Oh, man, I'm going to have to call the show. <laughs> Gina's here. Sorry. Let's see. i got to do... I gotta do 
Oh, oh there you are. You. I was going to try to put your voice on and get us out of here. No, it just wasn't unmuting for some reason. I don't know what's with tech today. Thank you so very much. This was an awesome show, guys. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. And we'll be back same place, same time next week. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.